Welcome to The Great Detectives of Old Time Radio from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me. Box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and uh, become uh, one of our friends on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Radio Detectives. We're well over uh, 2,000 friends. This is the last episode to let George do it. It's definitely unique. Uh, the previous episode of Let George Do It we played on Monday was from November 17th of 1952. This one is from uh, some 22 months later. And uh, it, it was uh, originally broadcast September 27th, 1954. Now, I will not attempt to list all 97 episodes that were aired uh, between uh, this program and uh, and the previous one. The Digital Deli, uh, digitaldeliftp.com, uh, has the most complete log of Let George Do It, and most of those episode names are unknown. The only one they were able to uh, confirm was from... Uh, March the 2nd of 1953, uh, and the title of that uh, was The Pink Hearse, which was, of course, a title of another uh, episode uh, uh, that was previously done of uh, Let George Do It. Uh, it does seem to me uh, probable uh, that uh, Bob Bailey left at some point, and they may even have uh, begun uh, airing some of the episodes that were uh, set up for syndication in Canada on the Harry Goodman uh, label. But uh, at some point, Olin Soule took over in the role of George Valentine with an entirely different uh, sponsor. Uh, Olin Soule uh, is probably best known as uh, the voice of Batman as an animated character. So if you grew up during the 60s and 70s and you watched uh, the Batman uh, Superman Hour in the late 60s or uh, the Super Friends in the 70s into the uh, early 80s or you saw some of the Batman Scooby-Doo uh, crossovers in the 70s, you were entertained by Olin Soule. In fact, the only uh, Super Friends franchises he didn't voice Batman in were the uh, legendary Super Power Show and uh, Galactic Guardians uh, from about 84 and 85. And probably the one place I remember him most on television is from some of his appearances in uh, Dragnet. If you've seen some of the uh, 1950s uh, Programs. He had a recurring role as Ray Pinker from the Crime Lab. And in the uh, 60s, the first couple of uh, seasons, he uh, had a few appearances as Ray Murray, also from the Crime Lab. Kind of a, uh, what uh, Dennis at the Digital Deli described as a welterweight uh, type uh, character. Or actually, bantamweight, excuse me. But his voice acting packed a punch. 
Uh, well, let's go ahead and take a listen to it. It's time now for today's episode of Let George Do It, The Ghost of Ireland Betty. Personal notice. Danger is my stock and trade. If the job's too tough for you to handle, you've got a job for me. George Valentine. Rightful details. Yes, it's Let George Do It, brought to you by Preem. P-R-E-A-M. The new miracle way to cream your coffee. We'll begin tonight's transcribed adventure of George Valentine in a moment, but first... Oh, the new way to cream it is to cream it, get cream. That's cream with a capital P. Over all other products for creaming your coffee, you'll prefer cream in instant powdered form. P-R-E-A-M. Here's why. First, Preem has a rich, delicious flavor because it's made entirely from fresh, sweet cream and other milk products. Yet when you use Preem in your coffee, every cup contains only about half as many calories as if you used coffee cream. And then Preem is wonderfully convenient. It never sours, never turns. Keeps indefinitely while sealed. Open for everyday use, Preem stays fresh tasting to the last spoonful on your kitchen shelf or in your refrigerator. And last but not least, this new dairy miracle actually saves you more than one-third the cost of coffee cream. Tomorrow, start serving Preem whenever you serve coffee. P-R-E-A-M. The new way to cream it is to preem it. Preem, get preem with a capital P. And now... Tonight's adventure of George Valentine, The Ghost of Ireland Betty. Dear Mr. Valentine. Valentine? Huh. Dear Mr. Valentine, I live in an enormous rambling house built like an Italian villa. Oh, that's funny. What else did she write? What was the rest of it? What? What? Crying. It's crying, that's what it is. It's crying. I know it is. It's crying. That's what... Where is it? It's crying. I know it's crying. I know it's... Oh... Christine! Oh, for heaven's sakes. Where are you going in such a hurry? Daddy, I'm, I'm sorry, but I just... Uh... Listen, this... Yes, my dear. Christine, you've had such a long trip. I thought you were going to lie down and rest a while. Uh, did you hear something, my dear? No. No, I didn't hear anything. Mr. Valentine, who is he? Why were you writing him a letter, Miss Dowdy, about the house? Here, the letter you didn't finish. Oh, oh, that. But I did finish another one. That one blotted. Yes, I've already written Mr. Valentine. He's, he's just a friend of mine. Oh. It's lonely here, and I thought perhaps he might like to call on me. Now you run along and get your rest. There's nothing to be afraid of in the old place. You may hear a shutter banging once in a while, but, but, mm, that's all. That's absolutely all. All right, Miss Dowdy. 
sorry my imagination seems to... I'm sorry I bothered you. Miss Daddy, I got the letter you wrote to me, all right, but... Please, please don't talk so loud, Mr. Valentine. Uh, you here, Miss Brooks? Of course. Oh, what a lovely old room. Christine is asleep. I don't want to disturb her. Uh, that's uh, Christine O'Casey? Yes, she just got here, you know, from Canada. She's been there since before her aunt's death, several months ago. Won't you sit down? Thanks, Miss Dowdy, but I'm not sure we're staying. Oh, but I wrote you Yes, that... you wrote in your letter that you wanted a man investigated, a Professor E.L. Gifford from Denver. Yes, that's right, Professor Gifford. You sounded as though you wanted us to, um, well, get something on him. Oh, now, you must understand And that... yet, as I gather, all you suspect about this Professor Gifford is that he's liable to buy this house. Yes, yes, that's just it. You see, Mr. Eustace, the real estate man, has received this offer from Denver. Yes, and... I know. I've already talked to Mr. Eustace. And I find he's also the executor of a state for one Miss Betty O'Casey, who used to own the house. Yes, for Betty, the one who died. Mm -hmm. That's Christine's aunt. And I find you don't even have anything to do with the sale of this house, Miss Dowdy. You don't even own it, any part of it. No, no, I don't. But I was Betty O'Casey's companion for more than 20 years, Mr. Valentine. Sure, I understand. She left you pretty well taken care of, right? Only the house went to the principal beneficiary, Christine, her relative. And it's Christine's desire to sell, according to Mr. Eustace. That's why she's here, to speed up a sale, any sale. Mm-hmm. Okay, but Miss Dowdy, what do you have against this professor? Why shouldn't he buy the house? Why should you want to hire me to interfere with any possible sale? He's not the right type. Not the right type? Yes. Well, if the house is Christine's, well, what does she say? Haven't you talked to her about it? Christine isn't... Well, she's not sympathetic to the house. What? She's not sympathetic. She doesn't understand. She's young and cynical. And this isn't just a usual house, Mr. Valentine. Well, I grant you it's pretty old. Valuable, maybe. But not so easy to get rid of. We looked all over for this house years ago. It was just what Ireland Betty wanted. Oh, it made her so happy. Oh, wait a minute. Who? Uh, Betty O'Casey. Ireland Betty. Oh, I know. It does make her sound rather like an apple woman. But it was a nickname. Many people called her that. Ireland Betty. <laughs> Excuse me, but it sounds more to me like the name of a racehorse. Oh, she would have loved to hear you say that. She owned some horses once. Oh. She was so enthusiastic, so interested in... in everything. And she was no more recently Irish than I am. But she called herself second cousin to a leprechaun. <laughs> Sounds like quite a woman. A pixie, Miss Brooks, not a woman. Oh, not at all like her niece. A little modern realist. The unbeliever. Unbeliever in what, Miss Dowdy? Leprechauns? Well... Unbeliever in this house, for one thing. Well, you'll have to be more specific. What is there about this place, Miss Dowdy, that you don't want it sold? Because that is the idea, isn't it? You don't want anyone else living here. Why? Mr. Valentine, Ireland, Betty, and I became great believers in... Well, she looked all over to find this house. Because this house was supposed to have... Oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Valentine, that I've troubled you. You're too young yourself. 
And a good deal more honest than I thought you would be. What? Now, wait a minute. Oh, uh, oh. Hey, excuse me. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, wait a minute. How on earth did you get in here? With a key, naturally. Greetings, my dear Miss Dowdy. You haven't changed a bit. Where did you get a... Oh, let go of my hand. Oh, this, it won't bite you. Tape measure. See if there's space for a piano in the parlor. Besides my recording instrument. Uh, and... Excuse me, Miss Dowdy, but is this, uh... Is this the guy? The guy? Professor Gifford. Yes, Mr. Valentine, Miss Brooks. Tom. How do you do? Mr. Valentine was just leaving. No, no. What? No, no, I wasn't going anywhere. I was just going to say I'd like to uh, stick around for a while. Oh, Mr. Valentine. But of course, you can help me uh, hold one end of the tape measure, Mr. Valentine. Mm -hmm. Come along. I am sorry I intruded, Miss Dowdy. But I was to meet Eustace here. He gave me the key. Oh, Eustace. Mr. Eustace. Uh, do come along with Valentine. Right. <clears throat> Just us and an almost empty piece of real estate, Professor Gifford. What's your business, Professor? My own happiness, Mr. Valentine. What's yours? No, what I meant was, what are you a professor of? Nothing. Huh? The sort of nothing that is something. The sort of something that is nothing until it is seen or heard by man. Until man like myself is willing to admit that he sees what he can't understand, what no one understands. Ah, uh, huh? That makes as much sense as a scrambled jigsaw puzzle. Oh, it's quite simple. I'm a student of psychic research. Supernatural being. Oh, brother, no, not that. Only fools laugh, Mr. Valentine. Okay. I'm not laughing. You, uh, believe in ghosts, huh? So does Miss Dowdy. So did Ireland Betty. Bless her soul. So does this house. Yes, most of all, this house. So that's why you're buying it. Places infested with ghosts, eh? <laughs> no. Not every house has a ghost, you know, any more than it has good plumbing. But that's why Betty bought it originally. Been a ghost reported off and on past hundred years. Hmm. Shall we rejoin the ladies? Yeah, yeah, I'm getting scared. I almost had this house once before, Valentine. Ireland Betty rather had her cat set for me. She did not! Yes, I would have had it for nothing then, if it hadn't been for her bodyguard here. Will you throw him out of here, or do I have to? No sense of humor, Mr. Dowdy. All right, mister. Because it's true. Ireland Betty pursued me like the beautiful banshee that she was. She came galloping at me yeah, like... Yeah, I, I said never mind. Mr. Valentine. And as for you, Miss Dowdy... No, no, please, be quiet. Listen. <gasps> huh? But, Miss Dowdy, but... George. Don't move anyone. That's what it sounds like. I never knew. Always wondered. Yes. That's what it is. I've never heard oh, it before. Oh, come on. Cut it out, both of you. <laughs> sure. Sure, it's crying, all right, but that's not any ghost. Miss Dowdy, where are you? Mr. Eustace. That's his voice. Get down here, somebody, will you? Come help me. It's Christine. <laughs> I 
Christine. I found her just lying there on the stone outside her aunt's window. There in the sunken garden, Mr. Yes, yes, that's right. Whimpering, almost unconscious. She'd had a terrible fall. I was coming up by the side entrance, you see. And what, I... uh, what makes you think she just had a fall? Christine, what happened? Can you tell me? Did you fall? No. No, I didn't. I... Well, then tell us. What was it? I don't know what happened, Miss Dowdy. Oh, now, look here. Uh, George, he's just woozy. Let her rest. Did you see the ghost, Christine? Oh, Professor, for the love of my... No, no, I didn't. I didn't. I tell you, there's no such thing as ghosts. It's all your imagination. I saw the ghost once myself. The night your aunt died. Perhaps even she saw it. Over the lawn by the summer house. What are you talking about? Who saw what when? I wasn't here. You never told me. Ghost. Nothing to upset yourself over. And I'm sure Miss Dowdy, unless she cares to lie, will admit that she too saw... But what if I did? What if I did see it? It doesn't have anything to do with this. It doesn't. It doesn't, Miss Dowdy. Oh, oh. Right. down like nine cents, aren't they? And all knocked down by a ghost. All right, now, come on, come on, somebody, I and tell... I think, uh, she just noticed where you were found, Christine. What? The stone floor outside your aunt's window, Christine. Exactly where you were. That's where your aunt fell. Where she died. The night that... that we saw the ghost. <laughs> Coincidence, I suppose. Sure as you enjoy good coffee, you'll enjoy coffee creamed with cream. P-R-E-A-M. For this new 100% dairy product in convenient powdered form has a truly delicious flavor. And cream is thrifty. Saves over one-third on coffee cream costs. No wonder you'll prefer cream to all other coffee creaming products. You'll be delighted to find cream has many other uses, too. It's perfect for sauces, smooth, luscious gravies, and richer, creamier soup. If you'd like to discover how cream can help you serve tastier and more economical meals, you'll want to send for the wonderful new cream recipe booklet we're offering you absolutely free. This brand new collection of cream recipes includes easier, quicker, sure ways to make such family favorites as souffles, dressing, shortcakes, plus tested time-saving recipes for delectable new desserts. For your free Preem booklet, just drop a card or letter with your name and address to Preem Test Kitchen, Box 959G, Columbus 16, Ohio. Preem Test Kitchen, Box 959G, Columbus 16, Ohio. Don't miss this exciting offer. Send for your free copy of the new Preem Recipe Collection right away. And now, back to George Valentine. Miss Brooks, you here? Miss Brooks, where are you? Where did you go? I am, Christine. Here I am. I just went back to the kitchen to get some ice. What's the matter? Shh, be quiet. The crying. Listen, this. There's my imagination at work. Oh, here, now lie down again. 
Put this on your forehead. My forehead's all right. The doctor said he'd be out later to take yeah, a look at it. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. You've been pretty sick up in Canada, haven't you? Yes, and I'm tired and I'm... My aunt had asthma, you know. Did she? But that wasn't what she died of, was it? Well, sort of. That's what the doctor wrote me. I wasn't here, you know. We'd been having a fight and she had guests for the weekend, so I just got in my car and drove off. See that window there? Mm-hmm. French doors? There's no guardrail outside it. And he thought she must have opened the doors trying to get more air. She was having one of her attacks. And... Well, she fell to the stone below. They found her the next morning. Only now these people talk about a ghost. You don't suppose she opened the window and saw it out there herself? Stop it! Not you, too. How did you get hurt? Did you fall out of the window, too? No. I was out there and I tripped and fell. Really? That's all right. All right. Well, why don't you want to talk about it to the others? What is it about this house that upsets you so? Everything about in this book, I hate it. I've always hated it. My aunt and I used to fight about it. She was so wonderful. What would she take up with those fads, those crazy people, those crazy superstitions? That awful Professor Gifford that she went chasing after trying to impress. All this talk about ectoplasm and manifestations and... Do you blame me? Christina, I don't believe in such things any more than you do. But I would blame you if you kept too much to yourself. If you attributed certain things to your own imagination just because you've been sick and then tired and upset. What do you mean? I mean what you heard when I was still in the kitchen. I mean why you've come back here and, and what you may have seen. And what you suspect about these people. About your aunt's death. I don't really know. Is Mr. Valentine going to stay here? Yes, Christine. Where is he now? He'll be close. He'll be right here, won't he? Yes, of course. He's just... just chatting with Miss Dowdy. She's probably showing him around the place. Now, Mr. Eustace, suppose you tell me the truth about what you saw that night. Well, I... Well, my room was third story. I'd been reading in bed. There'd been a good deal of talk at dinner about the... The ghost, it being the proper time of year for appearance and all. Mm -hmm. Naturally, I tried to be tolerant, but... Well, perhaps I did watch a little. You see, it's supposed to appear just momentarily out back by the summer house, moving slowly and then sort of floating away. <laughs> mm -hmm. And uh, did it? Well, for heaven's sake, it didn't actually... I didn't hear anything, and certainly whatever it was had no substance, no body... Naturally, the next morning I didn't say anything. Why should I? An effect of all the talk, a, a trick of the imagination. Of course. You'd have been laughed at. You don't believe in ghosts. Well, I do, Mr. Eustace. What? I believe in the kind of ghost that can be tricked up by a human being. And maybe it's being tricked up again. Sneaked out one of Christine's shoes. See? The heel here is torn off. Yeah. Now that's where she fell. Mm -hmm. Stone floor of the sunken garden beneath the overhang there. Dark. George, listen. Loose shutter that's out. Stone steps here have mud on the side. Roses have been watered. 
And mud on Christine's shoes. But if she came down here, she would have been on the path. Hold it, hold it. Yeah, here we are. I can feel the footprint where she stepped off the path by the top of the steps. Heel? It's the one, all right. Yeah. And that must have been how she tripped us out on that. Yeah, they can't hear us, Angel, but they will if we go back, so... Well, it's a lovely place, all right. A little run down, maybe, but if the gardens out here were fixed up, I'm sure they... Brooksy, Brooksy, look out! Come on, push the shutter. I almost... Sure. Sure, that's what it was we heard. I'm all right, George. You go on. Get up there and find out... Shh, shh, quiet. But, George, from above, it's so dark. I look just like Christine. That must have been meant... Uh, I'd never find anybody up there. There's nobody in this house but ghosts, didn't you know? Well, Angel, we're going to catch one before the ghost succeeds at murder. Yes, Mr. Valentine, I guess that's where I lost my heel, where I tripped only... Yeah, you were uh, coming along the path, Christine. You stepped off it, tripped, and rolled down the stone steps. Yes. You were out here walking with a summer house, but you didn't want anybody to know. Let's see, it was uh, Eustace who found you. What happened? You see him coming and run for the house? Yes, that's right, I ran. Only why'd you step off the path? Well, I... Well, there was a shovel or a rake or something lying across the path. Oh, I get it. Only it's not there now. I didn't look. Mr. Valentine, I did suspect something for a long time. But I didn't know what I was looking for or why or... Or whether you could find anything back here that would show you how the ghost worked that night your aunt died. That's what I mean. The whimpering, crying ghost. The thing with no substance that's supposed to appear and then float away. Aunt Betty told me where she expected to see it. Mr. Valentine! Well, listen to that. Rising to the bait already. Where have you gone? Here, here, here. Right in front of you, Miss Dowdy. I've got to see you alone. I've got to. Anything you have to say, you can say right in front of her. Only say it fast. It's about the ghost. I know it's about the ghost. Oh, it was only to impress Gifford. You've got to realize that. Yeah, it wasn't to scare anybody, if that's what you're trying to say. I'm smart enough to figure that Ireland Betty didn't fall from her window out of fright on seeing the ghost. She wasn't the type. So if it was you who played the ghost that night, lady... No, no, that's not what I'm trying to say. It was Ireland Betty... It was she herself who did it. What? Miss Dowdy. Yes, she did. Oh, I know it sounds crazy, but she had to. She'd never been able to locate the ghost in the house. And she had bragged. And she didn't want Professor Gifford to be disappointed. That's why I didn't want him to get the house. He might have fallen down. Hey, now, slow down. All you're claiming is there isn't any ghost, is that it? There never has been one in this house. Only why, then? Mr. Valentine, listen to me. If Betty was out here, instead of in her room, and you think she was murdered... Of course, I know. She died before she ever got back to her room, and she was probably running just like Christine here was. Yes. Yes, only if that's the case, It's then... okay. It's okay. I'll take care of everything. Mr. Valentine. Come on, Christine. Let's head back to the house. See you later, Miss Dowdy. Well, the whole thing's pretty simple, I guess, isn't it? I don't understand at all any of it. Don't you? You understand a good deal about the ghost. But Aunt Betty told me... To... Sure. I was supposed to look. But nobody says they've ever heard it. Except you. The whimpering, the crying. Christine, were you here in the garden that night with your aunt? Is that when you thought you heard the crying? No. No, I've really heard it. Someone else... Were is... you hiding out here? Did you pretend to leave for Canada and then come back and hide and scare her? Oh, sure, you don't believe in ghosts. You knew the little old pixie would be playing the part. So she was scared and ran, just like you did, down the path. Mr. Valentine, stop it. You don't understand. What's the matter? 
You afraid to walk down this path? Afraid you'll trip on something again? A rake that you might see when you're running, only it's so dark you can't even see your hand in front of your face? No, it wasn't a rake. I don't know what it was. I know what it was, young lady. It wasn't anything. Yes, it was. You're mixing me up. I, I know there was. Christine, I said some crimes are simple. They are after they've happened. Because a guilty conscience does terrible, horrible things. Like stumbling over something that isn't even there. Except a memory. Or what was there when you made your old aunt fall? A rake? A string? A wire? No. No, I didn't do it. I didn't. Then come on. Walk. Perfect accident. <laughs> Not so perfect a few months after, is it? When you get so scared, you get sick. So guilty, you even try to kill someone else. Nervous little old Miss Dowdy because she's begun to be suspicious. I didn't. I didn't push that shutter. Sure, go on, say it. Fill me in. I know it was you, all right, sister. You were the only one who thought Miss Dowdy was out walking with me. Nobody would have tried to kill Brooksy, but just by accident, Brooksy had told you that Dowdy and I were walking together. Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! Listen. I never believed it. They all did, but I never believed it. Crying. What? I don't hear anything. Yes, you can. Whimpering, a woman crying. If it's not a real person, one of those others. It has to be the ghost. Goes to the house. Here. There. Yeah. Yeah, you do hear something, don't you, Christine? You're the only one who does. The unbeliever. And yet the only one who's heard anything all evening. Or ever. But hasn't it occurred to you? There never was a ghost in this house until you made one. The ghost of Ireland Betty. You know, there's something about crisp, tangy autumn weather that makes coffee time more enjoyable than ever. And what better time than now to discover Preem? P-R-E-A-M. The delicious new way to cream coffee. In instant powdered form, Preem is made from fresh, sweet cream milk products and nothing else. Naturally, it has a rich, delicious flavor. What's more, Preem is so convenient, so economical... You'll prefer it to all other products for creaming your coffee. You see, Preem never sours, never turns. Sealed, Preem keeps indefinitely. Open for regular use, Preem stays fresh tasting to the last spoonful on your kitchen shelf or in your refrigerator. Budget-wise, Preem saves more than one-third the cost of coffee cream. And then, something every calorie counter should know. When you use Preem in your coffee, every cup, contains only about half as many calories as if you used coffee cream. So try Preem in your coffee. P-R-E-A-M. The new way to cream it is to preem it. Well, Brooksy, that's what's known as getting a confession the hard way. Oh, the poor girl's an absolute wreck. Poor girl. She killed her aunt, didn't she? <laughs> Ireland Betty. Second cousin to a leprechaun. Yeah. There's the one I'd like to have known. Yeah, the Irish. Believe in anything. Oh, Brooksy, hmm? there is one little item. You know, when I told you to go back in the house there, hmm. when I asked you to make some noises to help me get the story out of the girl? What? Well, I never made any noises. Huh? 
Oh, I mean, first there was the police on the phone, and then, then Mr. Eustace kept following me around. I... I mean, you didn't think I did, did you? You didn't hear anything, did you? Of whimpering or crying? Uh, <clears throat> no, Angel. No, of course not. No, I didn't hear anything. It was just, uh, just in the girl's imagination, that's all. <laughs> Tonight's adventure of George Valentine has been brought to you transcribed by Preem, the new dairy miracle in instant powdered form. Try it. You'll prefer it to all other products for creaming your coffee. For Prem is the most delicious, convenient, thrifty way to cream your coffee ever discovered. Yes, the new way to cream it is to prem it. Let George Do It stars Olin Soleil as George, and tonight Lillian Byeff appeared as Brooksy. Let George Do It is written by David Victor and Jackson Gillis and directed by J.C. Lewis. Also heard in tonight's cast were Gene Bates as Christine, Florence Ravenall as Dowdy, Benny Rubin as Gifford, and Howard Culver as Eustace. The music was composed and presented by George Wright. Tonight's performance concludes this current series. We hope you have enjoyed it. Your announcer has been George Crowell. Welcome back. Well, a somewhat spooky end to let George do it. I should note that this uh, episode was previously broadcast, even though we didn't uh, hear it on uh, this uh, uh, particular uh, uh, series, just because the original episode with Bob Bailey is missing. But it was originally broadcast March the 20th of 1950. And you can notice that by the, uh, Jackson Gillis's uh, name, you know, on the uh, script. By this time, Jackson Gillis had uh, moved on to television, which was definitely paying a lot more. But the producers of Light George do it. You know, you still had the script, so reuse definitely uh, a good option. And perhaps that's why so many of the traditional titles uh, were ones. Uh, that we have in the logs were ones that were used previ- uh, that were used previously, like the pink hearse, the house that Jack built, the motif is murder, uh, and Laura's house. All were uh, ones that are traditionally ascribed to these, uh, you know, last ninety uh, some episodes that are missing. Even though we don't have any logs to back it up, 
And it makes sense because reusing scripts is economical. And we also heard a new Brooksy and Lillian Biaf, though the way that they made it sound, it sounds like she was joining the cast to fill in for this last uh, episode for whoever had been playing Brooksy. And again, we don't know it. Uh, this late part of the golden age of radio, uh, particularly with this show, is just not very well documented at all. One other piece of uh, trivia I added, uh, when uh, the Digital Deli was talking about the relative size of Olin Sule, it was mentioned also in reference to Bob Bailey, who, despite his great voice, just did not make, you know, was not seen as the, a physically imposing enough character uh, to be able to carry the act onto television. Kind of the opposite of the problem that William Conrad uh, ran into on Gunsmoke, where he was thought to be too fat. But a terrific voice from both actors that, you know, you obviously didn't think, yeah, this guy's just a little too, you know, you didn't think anything from the voice. You know, Olin Sule, of course, for many years, a uh, voice of Batman. And it called to mind Kevin Conroy, who is kind of the modern uh, voice most associated with Batman from his years on uh, the Batman animated series as well as on the Justice League uh, series. And he also, you know, it's funny, uh, he has the exact same thing. He looks very, you know, very skinny. You would not think, you know, this is a guy who's an action hero, but he's got the ability and he's got that voice quality that he's just able to really sell you on uh, Batman. So voice acting, it really is, it's, uh, I think, a wonderful way where people are able to, um, as actors, to overcome some of the uh, superficiality that visual media often introduces. Well, now we turn to listener comments and feedback, and I received one regarding episode 0893, Let George Do It, The Dead of Night. I heard that, uh, and Justin writes, I heard this on another old-time radio podcast, but it had a different name, A Key to Murder. Do you know if this episode had any alternate title, or was the uh, uh, episode uh, mislabeled? Uh, well, Justin, as far as I can tell, it was uh, mislabeled. Again, I do uh, on shows where the digital FTP, uh, dot com when when they have a log, I kind of use that as definitive because they do a lot of uh, they do a lot of research. It's a two person operation, but when they research a show, they do their absolute best and. Uh, yeah, uh, the t the title we have uh, for that uh, is correct. Also, we received a couple of uh, comments on our little uh, soiree into uh, detective science fiction airing an episode of X-1. That also uh, really was a detective story in sci-fi setting. Joan emails in, I enjoyed uh, X-1 protective mimicry. mimicry. Very interesting. I like slapstick comedy, so I could just imagine him walking into a tree or bouncing off one. I could just see it happening. I like the part about uh, his rubber stuck in the mud and his comment about them and how much women will pay for mud baths while he was walking through it. If he didn't watch it himself, he could be stuck in the mud along with his rubbers. This is really a comedy. Thank you for sharing this with us. It is a gem, and I've played it a few times now. I believe I've found a new series to listen to if they are all like this one. Uh, well, thanks so much uh, for your comment, Joan. Uh, and it definitely had that comedic uh, element going for it. Uh, it was not a pro it was not an episode that took itself seriously. I will say that. 
not all uh, episodes of X minus one or its companion series, Dimension X, um, all that are as lighthearted as that. Uh, certainly a lot of the, it was, it's classic science fiction, so there's a lot of weird situations. Uh, but there was also at that time, you know, concerns about the future of, uh, humanity. And, uh, you know, uh, Zero Hour, of course, is one of their very early scripts, and there's not a whole lot of humor in that, but there are some funny episodes, and it's, it's one that's definitely, uh, worth, uh, listening. And when I have the opportunity on the premium site, because for both the premium site and app, I try to play uh, episodes of our stars in programs that aren't detective shows, so you can kind of see their the depths of their uh, talent. And so when I happen across an X-1 or Dimension X uh, with uh, one of our uh, actors in it, I definitely have a strong uh, tendency and desire to want to play that for you. All right, well, that will do it for uh, today. We will be back uh, tomorrow with Sherlock Holmes. This, of course, our last episode of Let George Do It. Uh, really, it's a, been a wonderful uh, series. A lot of variety, a lot of twists, a lot of turns. I hope you have uh, enjoyed it as much as I have, or even more than that. Uh, we will be back next Wednesday with uh, the third and fourth part of next week's Johnny Dollar Mystery, which will have Bob Bailey back on Wednesday. And uh, in the meantime, follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives. We'd really appreciate it if you'd rate the show on iTunes. We're about 26 ratings shy of 200. Uh, but from Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.